Is Clemson beatable? And can Syracuse continue to win games in a pretty sloppy fashion? We'll talk about all that and more. I'm Locked On Syracuse on your Tuesday episode. It starts right now. Our Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Matt Bonaparte, Owen Valentine with you on your Tuesday episode. Thanks for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen every day. We are free. We're available wherever you get podcasts. And Owen, it is Clemson week. Yesterday, it was kind of just um, revel in the win, revel in 6-0 and and being 14th in the country. Now it is officially Clemson week, eyes on the Tigers and Death Valley. Uh, So let's talk about the history between these two teams for a second. Syracuse and Clemson, of course, since that 2017 upset, have kind of been tied together uh, in conversation, regardless of the fact that it is not a rivalry close, not even the like it is just not. It, It couldn't be farther away from one as Clemson just batters Syracuse almost every single time they play. They have played 10 times. Clemson have won eight of those matchups. The first one was a Syracuse win back in 1996. SU won 41-zip against the Tigers, which is kind of crazy. Paul Pasqualoni was the coach at the time for the Orange. Um, And then Clemson won four straight when Syracuse finally joined the ACC back in 2013. Uh, Then, of course, the upset came, and then three more losses right after that. But not all of those have been blowouts. The game right four more after. Losses. No, three. They've played four times since that. Upset. Oh, it is four. My bad. You're right. Yeah. It's bookended by four losses. So it's there four losses, a win, four losses. My bad. Thank you. Um, but Syracuse, not, not all those games have been blowouts uh, against the Orange for the Tigers. And it has kind of become a thing every single week that Syracuse plays Clemson every year. Clemson week, the first questions to Dino are always like, Coach, why do you guys play Clemson close? Like, it's so weird. You'll get blown out by somebody else, not this year, but some years. And then you play Clemson close. And he's always like, and this week, somebody asked that as well. And and like most years, he says, I don't really know. Um, The guys like playing under the, the big lights. They know everybody's watching. They know it's the best opponent. That's just what they like. Uh, And I think that's what you want in your football team, right? You'd rather have that than them cower under the lights. And uh, Syracuse does indeed play them close. Yeah, it's actually been – it's very cool to see a team that – and sometimes they do it to a fault in the opposite way. But a team that, at least with Clemson, has risen to the occasion a number of different times. And even in their worst years, has risen to the occasion of playing Clemson and playing a very good Clemson team. Uh, whether it's on the road or in the dome, whatever that situation might be, it's really cool to see how they approach that game every single time because it seems like they play their best game of football against Clemson every year, uh, barring you know a few instances like 2019 was was not pretty by any means. Neither but since was that 2016. upset, they have had yeah same deal. Uh, but since that upset, they they've really 
shown out in this game and, and played competitive football games, uh, sometimes down to the wire, sometimes uh, for only two or three quarters. But they have played Clemson very well uh, since the upset, which I think is just a nod to the weight this game carries for Syracuse in terms of mentality. Anytime you're playing a team that is consistently top five, you want to elevate the game. You want to play a big game. Uh, it's like, and I hate to give them credit, it's the Duke effect in basketball. When you're playing Duke because of who Duke is and the hatred that comes with Duke, uh, you, you rise to that game. At least you get more excited for that game. Uh, similar situation with Clemson. I don't think they carry the same hatred by any means uh, as a Duke team does in terms of national audience, but just in terms of the recent success that Clemson has had over the last decade and, and being dominant over the last decade and playing some of the best college football that you can watch for the last 10 years has been awesome for Clemson. And it is amazing to see that Syracuse can, when the day is called, when that week comes, uh, rise to the occasion and, and play to that level and give them runs for their money. I would bet that in the Clemson community, the Syracuse game is not necessarily looked at as much of a cakewalk as it should be year in and year out because of the number of times in recent history that Syracuse has given them a great run. I do, I will say I saw one fan, I think it was literally the Twitter account was a Clemson fan, uh, <laughs> tweet that they were worried about the Syracuse game more than any they had been all season long. And that includes games like the overtime game against Wake Forest that Clemson almost lost. They won that one by six points in overtime. Uh, so I think there's something to be said there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, last year's game against the Tigers was really close. That was the, I think, the worst of Dino's uh, decision issues was in that Clemson game where Syracuse had the ball under a minute left, uh, driving down the field, down three points, gets it to the Clemson 39-40. Clock is running, around 40 seconds left. Dino either takes a timeout and figures out a play to get them over the line on fourth down or he could run it down to five seconds and kick a field goal he does neither of those things calls a timeout misses a field goal game was over um that game was brutal i uh i got to talk on the radio and you called in <laughs> yes. which was which is pretty funny um so anyway that's what i think about when i think about that clemson game so yeah we don't know how it's going to be, but this year Syracuse's team is more competitive than any we've seen since 2018, so who knows? Yeah, this year the competitiveness seems obviously far more warranted than in years past. Uh, I was talking about it with you before we jumped on. I, I always think back to that 2020 game, and that 2020 season has been brushed under the rug by so many people, uh, and rightfully so. It was a terrible year, but we I, I was down. Uh, I went down to Clemson. I was in South, or Death Valley for this game. The environment was so weird because it was COVID year, but Clemson had 25% capacity. So it was like, yes, you you got the experience with there being fans, but it was so weird to see in this empty stadium. And Syracuse, although gets down to a 17-0 deficit to start the game, uh, is the beneficiaries of a couple of big plays. Uh, they get a pick six on Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Garrett Schrader picks off Trevor Lawrence, takes it to the house. And then I think it was an 85-yard touchdown run or touchdown pass uh, to Nikeem Johnson from Rex Culpepper uh, to make it a six-point game. And I remember looking with uh, Max Chadwick was down there with me, who we've had on a couple times recently. I remember looking over at Max and just sort of having the, oh, my God, 
Is this, why is this a game right now moment? Uh, so even in their worst, they've played well. And obviously uh, you were talking about it <laughs> before we jumped on that 2018 game, I think had every recipe for Syracuse to beat Clemson again. That should have been a win, man. Uh, and I'll by never all means it should have been a win. Should have been a win. And the reason they didn't win was because of an illegal receiver down the field call on Aaron Hackett that I don't even know was just, uh, and that just spoiled the entire game for him. But that could have been a crazy win for Syracuse in 2018. And, and that really would have put the cherry on top uh, to a crazy good season that SU had that year. Uh, but yeah, that is the history or at least the recent history, a couple good games, a couple bad games after the upset uh, and played close for the most part before it, except for that 54 zip game. Uh, than Dino's first season. But we'll talk about uh, a little bit more about Syracuse football right after this break. This one's brought to you by Upside. From cringing at the pump to getting an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant, inflation is hitting us all where it hurts, and it really hurts. That's why you should use Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With every purchase, you can earn cash back thanks to Upside. To get started, download the free Upside app, Use the promo code LOCKED and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. Check in at the business, pay as usual with a credit or debit card, and get paid. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you can earn three times more cash back with Upside. Upside users are earning more than a million dollars every week. That's probably why they have a 4.8 star rating on the App Store. Download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code LOCKED. All right, back here on Locked on Syracuse. I'm Matt Bonaparte. That is Owen Valentine. Uh, This is your wonderful Tuesday episode. Uh, We talked about Clemson and Syracuse and the history those teams have had together recently including that 1996 win but more so since Syracuse joined the ACC now let's talk about what Syracuse has done this year and how they've looked doing it Syracuse of course is 6 and 0 they're 14th in the country but they as i said on yesterday's podcast they are the team that is consistently ranked as the worst undefeated team um and that's just a fact. They keep getting strung along. All right, bring those guys too, I guess, because they got a zero in the loss column. And I think that's because of how the wins look and how the rest of the country views the way Syracuse plays football, regardless of uh, the outcome, which has been six wins in six games for SU. Um, so let's talk about whether or not Syracuse can continue this success while playing this sloppy, because, Owen, oh, we both know that the penalty numbers have not really been all that positive for Syracuse. It just seems like they're, I mean, I've talked about Carlos Vettorello's attempt to set the most offensive line penalties as by a center this season. I think he's doing it quietly. Um, but what do you think? Do you think Syracuse can can continue to win games, especially in their biggest test of the year upcoming this week, playing sloppy football like they have in games against Purdue and Virginia? I want to lead by repeating a phrase that we used a few times in getting to 6-0, and uh, but win ugly over lose pretty 100% of the time. That is always the case. You will take a win every single time over a pretty loss. And so I'm not here to complain about 6-0, and but I am here to say 
that the route to 6-0 and has not been beautiful by any means. And I think most people go back and they circle the two-game stretch against Purdue and Virginia. The fact that Syracuse went into halftime against Purdue down 9-3 to was an absolute miracle. That game was hideous. Syracuse yeah. was playing an ugly brand of football. Uh, and then Virginia, they follow up, and it seemed like the exact opposite case. Virginia was playing terribly, but Syracuse couldn't pull away. So they sort of flip-flopped with Purdue in that Virginia game, and Syracuse just couldn't pull it off. And you get a fumble from Sean Tucker, which is incredibly uncharacteristic. I believe there were five total turnovers in that game for Syracuse. If I remember correctly, uh, it was just sloppy. And, yes, they were able to come out and win. Uh, and they won the Purdue game, obviously, in getting to 6-0. and But I do think that it is worrisome uh, as you get into playing better teams. And obviously, NC State was a good test. And there were some moments against NC State, but I think it was an overall better game in terms of play than Purdue and Virginia were. Um, but when you play Clemson, when you play Pittsburgh, Florida State, Wake Forest, Notre Dame, uh, someone is going to exploit you if you play a sloppy brand of football, uh, this whole stretch, right? We talk about how difficult it is. And right now it appears rankings wise, it's getting easier for you realistically. Uh, but everybody in this five game stretch and even BC, I will throw out there who is not good has the capabilities to exploit you. If you play the sloppy brand of football that we've seen littered throughout the beauty that has gotten you to six and zero. Uh, so it is something to be concerned about. I don't think you can go into this game against Clemson or into this stretch if you're Dino Babers, if you're Syracuse football, without addressing these concerns. Uh, but the concerns are 100% uh, penalties because they seem to bite you time and time again. They stifle the drive against NC State that, you know, you're fourth and one, maybe had momentum. Did you get there? Did you not get there? Uh, and then there's a false start. Uh, to get to fourth and six and just kill all momentum. So that is happening game in and game out. You've got to figure out the penalty situation. Turnovers, Dino said this in the press conference. Someone asked, I believe, about uh, Schrader's couple of interceptions so far this year. They haven't been terrible. Unfortunately, it's it's just been seems like that they've been going in situations where turnovers were happening frequently. Uh, so they get a little more lens. But I would just love to see Schrader play that confident game of football because I think that limits the turnovers and the bad decisions. So I think I look at Schrader to limit the sloppiness uh, because he is the guy that when he is playing competently, he is playing a confident game of football. Uh, we see way fewer mistakes and the game of football as a whole is a lot cleaner. Um, but as I was saying, if you do not iron out some of these issues, someone in this five game stretch will exploit it on a given day. Uh, and if it gets bad enough, if you play like you did against Virginia or like you played against Purdue in that first half, someone is going to take advantage of it enough that it's going to be too far gone for you to come back with some late-game heroics. And if you want the numbers on uh, the penalties and whatnot, Syracuse Please. is and – and when I say the number, it is most penalties, not what's good and fewer penalties. So Syracuse is 19th in penalties committed this year. That means they've committed the 19th most penalties. Okay. Uh, and they're tied. Oh, no, excuse me. There are 19 teams that have committed 50 plus penalties. And Syracuse Ooh. is one of them. They're sixth in penalties um, tied with Virginia at 57. So that's teams terrible. Now you're going to ask how many of the teams have, have seven games. What? 
have seven games. All of them except one, okay. which is Houston. So Houston's the only team that is worse than Syracuse uh, by penalty and by game, but they only have two more. So it's Syracuse is right up there. And it seems like that's really the only thing statistically that SU has done poorly this season. Everything yeah. else, and maybe offensive line struggles, you could lump in there and say those are the two things that Syracuse has done poorly. Uh, I'll look for team sacks right now. I'll uh, say this, though. Allowed, no sacks. But... No sacks from NC State. So a nod to the True. line, so at I least in that really regard, help although that the penalties number. were still an issue. I'm looking right now. Syracuse, they, they definitely got better this uh, this week. Like you said, yeah, they're tied for 80th now. Uh, and that number was in the hundreds before. So that's uh, that's a win for the week. Um, so penalties really is the only number that is really among uh, the the real bottom of the barrel teams in the country. Otherwise Syracuse and and the record reflects this. They've been really, really good everywhere. Uh, And that's a testament to the coaching staff that I think you have to give. Um, But the penalties still got to come. And I don't really know. I wish somebody would ask Dino, like, what are you doing in practice to mitigate penalties? Because it really, it's been every week. This, this week, honestly, was better than I think every other one, but still every week there's bad penalties. When are when are you gonna play a clean game of football? Um, so that's what I'm curious about. I agree, and and it's something that I continue to look at is those mistakes. Uh, and you know we're not doing our job here if we only talk positives uh, because that would be false, right? It's it was not a flawless game. You would be hard pressed to find a flawless game in football from start to finish. Outside of maybe, I'll give him the nod, Garrett Schrader, 17 for 17 against Wagner. But does that really matter? Not really. Uh, it, you don't. There isn't a flawless game. So it, it, as part of what we have to do, we do need to look at the areas of concern and ways that they can improve. Penalties are on that. Uh, we have seen it occasionally from Schrader in terms of the, the reverting back to last year's mistakes. Uh, and the only other thing that hasn't really been an issue all too much since that Purdue game uh, has been big plays was something that I'm always concerned about. And it's something that happens because of the amount of trust that Syracuse gives in its secondary and trusting guys to do one-on-one and go one-on-one in coverage. Uh, You get burnt occasionally. Uh, So that was another one of my concerns. And it was something that that sort of happened and was the Charlie Jones game for Purdue where he just goes off and which I guess is every game he's outstanding. Um, But Big plays were something that I was concerned about, uh, as well as the penalties and O-line play and then Schrader decision-making were my three main concerns. Other than that, I mean, sometimes it's just the the compilation of things. Like things get strung together. Like you go to that Virginia game uh, where you really are just looking at everything that could have gone wrong for Syracuse went wrong. Uh, outside of Virginia missing a couple of field goals. Like Syracuse, in terms of things they can control, played a hideous game. And so that's sort of where this discussion comes from, is Syracuse has left itself out to dry a couple of times uh, and been able to escape narrowly. And it is something that you're very fortunate to get to 6-0, and and I think that that is one of the reasons you look back in time last couple of years why the record has been what it is. They have not been on the good side of those games that come down to the wire that are hideous, uh, but both teams are in it at the end of the game. Uh, so a nod to Syracuse for being in these games uh, and being on the right side of it, because historically that has not necessarily been the case, but that does not mean that there aren't things to clean up 
and there aren't things to figure out because there 100% are. Uh, and I am very much looking to see in this stretch where you go through and you start with Clemson, and Clemson is the one that will make it the worst. If you play this sloppy game where you can have drives killed by penalties, Clemson will not give you a second chance. You get one chance against Clemson, and you do not get the, oh, false start, now it's a third and six, or now it's a fourth and six, and be able to recover. Uh, Clemson will exploit that, and that's something that you're going to have to have figured out. Make some strides. I think they're a little bit better in the penalty regard. They're not great. They're not as much better as I would have hoped they would be, given the fact that you played Wagner, you come off the bye, uh, and before that you played a very weak Virginia team. Uh, I would have thought that stretch could help figure some things out. And the fact that it hasn't does have me definitely still a little bit worried uh, going into Death Valley next week. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll talk a little bit Syracuse offense after it. Our partners at Nissan have worked with us to create a new segment across the Lockdown College Network titled Thrilling Moments, where we highlight the most exciting play from Syracuse's game or throughout the history of Syracuse. This week's thrilling moment from the Orange is... Oh, and do you have one? This week's thrilling moment? Yeah, man. Ooh, okay. Let me think. I I want to go to... Uh, is there an underrated play that I can think of? Not off the dome. So I'm going to go low-hanging fruit and just say Aronde Gadsden mossing in the back of the end zone. Uh, it was a week in terms of mossing, but I'll, I'll give the nod to Aronde. He had a better moss one. in the middle of the field if you want to pick that one. Yeah, let's do that. All right. Well, anyway, um, this segment has been inspired by thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier Armada or Pathfinder today, available now at NissanUSA.com. Okay. Matt Bonaparte, Owen Valentine, back with you here on Locked On Syracuse. It's Tuesday episode, and to close out the show today, let's talk about Aronde Gadsden. Oh, what a lead-in. Yeah, it was a really good lead, I won't lie. Segway. Um, Aronde has been that guy this season for Syracuse. Like, the man has just been, he's been everything they've needed. Honestly, he's been everything that you kind of wanted out of Taj Harris in the way that he has you on the out route and you can hit him deep. Like, that's what I'll say. He has been fantastic for Syracuse through six games. He's got 500 yards, 507, and five touchdowns. Every time he catches the ball, he goes for at least 16 yards statistically. That's crazy. Um, yeah. And he's also, as Max told us, he is leading the country in yards per route, which is nuts. Yeah. Like, he's just the man. Um, but the question I want to pose is if Clemson or anybody down the stretch for Syracuse this season figures out a way to stop Aronde Gadsden, is the Syracuse offense done for? Like, what will they do if Aronde is figured out and they can, if if any defense this season can make Aronde Gadsden a non-factor, which nobody has been able to do thus far, what will the offense do? And are they screwed? It, it's. I don't know if they're completely screwed, but they're gonna have just to show me know. something that I haven't. Really I don't seen. know. I don't know if I have faith in Schrader to be able to take rip off his tunnel vision and find another receiver. The guy had awful tunnel vision in that game. 
Yeah. He had receivers wide open in the end zone on multiple plays, but he had Devon Cooper. He could have walked into the end zone, but decided he had to throw the ball elsewhere because he wouldn't make a second read. Schrader has been good, but at the same time is still Garrett Schrader, and I, he's not exactly Dan Marino. So, um, yeah. it is something there's, that, that's what I worry about. Tendencies. Yeah, the tendency that he gets uh, to not go necessarily through a full progression and get too far past the first option. Uh, is, is what is of concern. And when you lose a Ronde, if you lose a Ronde to getting stifled uh, or a good defensive scheme, or if he becomes, you know, a, an even greater focus than he already is right now, uh, you're you're going to have to look elsewhere. And I don't know if there's merit to not having a Ronde be option one just because of how effective he has been. Uh, but if he's locked, you're, you're going to have to get deeper in the progression. Uh, which is something that is very difficult um, because of the way the O-line has played. And they've improved in terms of O-line play, I think, since the start of the year. And Dino had mentioned that a little bit in the press conference. I think they're a little bit better in terms of pass protection. And we were just talking about it with this uh, with the sack numbers in the last couple of weeks. But this is still an offensive line that can get beaten and has been shown that they can get beaten. You'll have six sacks against Virginia. And if he has to get, if Garrett Schrader has to get deeper in progressions, that is going to lead to more sacks naturally. Uh, so if Aranda does get shut out or, you know, there's a defensive scheme that is figured out and he gets figured out and the offense is, I wouldn't, I would say they're screwed because I just, I don't know what they do next. And I would have to be, as I think I was saying a second ago, I would have to be surprised by what ended up working out after the fact is why I'm going to say that they're screwed. If I felt like right now I could come up with a quick plan that I would feel confident about, maybe I wouldn't say that, but I don't know what the next sort of decision is if that is the case. Yeah, I mean, I don't I'm not an offensive coordinator, neither are you. Uh, but I mean, my my brain immediately goes to you'd have to figure out how to get Sean going even further than he already would be. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time in my head it kind of it kind of, you know, I I'm thinking that they're already going to be on Sean Tucker because the the story last year in that game, it was so low scoring because Clemson um, just took Sean Tucker out of the game. They, they just made him a non-factor and Syracuse instead had to try and pass the ball. And that's what a lot of teams did to Syracuse last year. That was the way to beat the orange was force them to throw because Garrett Schrader can't do it and nobody can catch the ball. Um, and that worked a lot last year. It's not going to work the same way this year because Schrader has gotten better. He's developed a little bit and the receiving core has developed. And they're to a point now where you can't just take away uh, the run game and you can beat them because they can beat you in the air too. But if Clemson or another team can somehow figure out how to take out uh, the run game and, and Sean Tucker, like teams have done Purdue and Virginia this year, and they can figure out how to make Aronde Gadsden a non-factor a just contain him. It is. I'm just saying. But if anybody's going to do it, it's yeah, going to be Clemson. Clemson. Who could win the national championship this year? They totally could. 100%. Um, so that would be problematic. And I think, honestly, you'd see Garrett Schrader run the ball a lot more. We'd see RPOs. We'd see read options. Uh, and that that's probably how they would try to combat it. Because if you think about it, Syracuse has three ways of offense. It's giving the ball to Tucker somehow. It is finding a Rondé Gadsden or some other receiver pretty short usually. Or Schrader runs the ball himself. So that's probably what you'd see. But uh, that's a question for game day, I suppose. 
uh, and one that Robert and I will probably have to answer on the fly, and that's what makes him so good. Uh, but if you don't have anything else, Owen, that's all we got. I I will give a nod, and I know I got knocked last week because I like NC State too much, um, but I also like Clemson, so I'll, I'll throw that out there in terms of as a team right now. I think Clemson is being disrespected at five. They're good. Uh, I, I, They're really I good. do think they should be above Michigan without question. Uh, and I will, I will go to bat for them in that discussion is how I'm going to end this podcast. Uh, so come at me for not hating every team in the ACC. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all we got today. Go get more on the ACC by making Lockdown ACC your second listen. And we thank you for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen of the day. Host Candace Cooper over at Lockdown ACC is an expert and she's with other local experts uh, on the show. They take you across the Atlantic Coast Conference in 30 minutes. Make Lockdown ACC your second listen today and every day. Uh, and I'm Matt Bonaparte. He's Owen Valentine. We might have an interview this week. We might not. Um, but if we don't, we're just going to keep throwing out the Syracuse Clemson content because there is a lot to talk about this week. And we'll see you later.